right, I am back from a place that was not the bathroom. And, and if, we, uh, if we had these sponsors, that would have been a great place for a commercial break just now. Wouldn't it? But until then, you can go to Vamp Stamps. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, no problem. Seriously, if you're even in a shade of New York, get on that. So, 10 introductory manga slash anime. Do I have an organizing ethos for this? You can I say think no. That... <laughs> <laughs> These are independent, but I also... I kind of imagine this as a progression on perhaps one resistant person. Okay. But the other answer is also no. <laughs> Maybe these are just ten things I could just could mash just be, in the face. It could be an emergent theme. You know, something that you do not go into imagining, but it's sort of evolved out of your efforts. Those happen. So, for my first one, I, you know, I'm thinking about this idea of, you know, a gateway anime. And I kind of wanted to see if there was one I could do that could almost try to sneak in on someone. Sure. Like someone who's got some of that real genetic level, like, borderline reactionary anti-anime thing. And this one is basically a honeypot in terms of its length and content. Like, I, I think you could do a want-to-see-a-cool-video in this. Okay. And it could be a nice, deep sand trap, which their golf cup will try to free their mind in for the, re- for the next 10 years. But we're getting towards Gundam Thunderball here, which oh, is one of yes. my favorite micro-series of anything. God, it's still goddamn fucking good. It's like... It's it's fucking Gendy Wars good. It, it is, might be better. It is Gendy Wars good, and... It's a very simple idea of... really reducing the Gundam formula down to... Essentially, just focusing on two guys trying to kill each other. Two guys for trying no to reason. kill each other for no reason. This musical motif that carries everything so well. This corner of the war that they could almost flash on screen. This does not matter. You are dying for nothing. You are dying for nothing. The consequences of this will be felt by no one other than the people who die here. It is really Verdun Hill number 47. God, yeah. In space. And I also will always have a small thing in my heart for... I have a really... Fuck the sense of humor, but I think it's also a nice sense of narrative tragedy. And just the entire... Xeon disabled unit <laughs> is a really efficient idea for why isn't this war over yet? What are you doing, Jesus Christ? There's there's something very Joseph Heller about it. But you, I think that Gundam Thunderbolt is interesting for this list because I think it could sneak in the way of like, I saw this cool music video and the Zalgo smile slowly spreads <laughs> across your face. It's whispering in the ear, you will become me. <laughs> So number two, and um, full disclosure, I've actually only read this. I hear the anime is equally fantastic, but I've I've only read it, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I don't really think you need a nerd bone in your body to appreciate Monster. Maybe a... um, Maybe a crime drama or, like, mystery bone, but... Yeah, yeah, but... but Not even then. It is a series that... I mean, first off, just elementally clear of anything resembling uh, what we call SAB on this show, which is a standard... 
But stupid anime bullshit. Stupid anime bullshit, which, you know, that sort of comes with the sort of prestige area that sort of occupies. But I also just think that there's something very universal about the paranoia and optimism under this story. Mm-hmm. It's borderline inimitable, and you have that opening trap of, hey, want to see this Law & Order premise? Uh, Dr. Tenma also looks like Trent Reznor from the 90s. So... You know, That's very uh, important. If you're a trans stand like me. If they have certain tattoos on their person, Monster may be an even easier sell. Mm. But I think that those traits make Monster an excellent, I don't know, a bit of cheese on the uh, manga trap. A little bit of a content warning on that one, though. It's, the, uh, it's, uh, it's not for kids. It is not for kids, true. It's a good gateway. It is not a good Babby's first in the literal sense. Probably not, no. It is not a pre-cure. I mean, I I totally watched a bunch of it as a 15-year-old. But, uh... Yeah, we were in the fucking cannibal holocaust party group. What? Yeah, we were. I, uh... When did I first see Dead Alive? I think it was, like, 14. <laughs> I couldn't have been older than 16 when I saw Dead Alive. Is that the one that's also called Brain Dead? Yeah, it's yeah, Peter yeah. Jackson's, I think... Perhaps first movie. Do you think somewhere towards the sixteenth gallon of blood, it became about proving a point? <laughs> I I think he got paid to have a whole lot of fun. I think he got a lot of endorphins out of that production. Yeah, that that, that must have been so much fun to make. It was fun to watch, certainly. So, number three. I was sort of thinking about action heads. And kind of the innate appeal to action as stories told through violence, stories about violence. There's that whole Quentin Tarantino quote that gets bandied around a lot because it's a good quote. And he's a good director, man. I shouldn't even say bandied around a lot. There's a good Quentin Tarantino quote about how violence is just such a big part of the reality of the human experience. And whether you are trying to render something in exacting detail or an over-the-top cartoon, violence has a kind of innate role in appeal in storytelling. And I think Vinland Saga captures yeah. that. It's very much about violence, accepting it, rejecting it, what it does to you and your character. And it's about that in a way that is just smarter than most things about violence. And something I was getting at towards this is that Vinland Saga is on a unique wavelength because it totally has all the appeal of anime's sort of directorial and stylistic approach to violence Mm -hmm. without any of sort of the the baggage the baggage that it has picked up along the way and that makes it a very special series to me i think it's it's not just that there's this this series has all these fascinating ideas this this darkness to it that i find amazingly compelling my my favorite scene from the anime is mm. the scene in which this um this priest who has lost his faith explains yeah. the concept of uh of love uh where he's talking about how one person's love for another is not to his eyes really love it's just a form of uh very targeted discrimination positive towards one person less so towards the rest of humanity but here here, lying face first in the snow, is a dead man. This man 
will feed animals as they come by. He will become one with the earth. He will go to meet God. He is at peace now. This, this right here is love. And what you think is love is, no, no, that is a perversion. That is a human invention. That, that, is, a, that is something that, uh, it is a story that we tell each other to make ourselves feel good about the terrible things that we do to one another because we say that it's in the name of this good thing or that good thing. No, no, no. Love, love is not what you think it is. It is what this man is doing right here, face first in the snow, having drawn his last breath. And yeah. I, that fucking scene changed me. It is a very essay-compatible scene in a very essay-compatible show that... Also, again, we're talking about gateway anime here, so if we just also get back down to brass tacks, let's not forget. Fucking sweet. Fucking sick. <laughs> Your friend could be a real moron. He's like, Vikings. Vikings. There's this uh, sort of borderline straw man, beautiful image I love about some people watching Gundam. <laughs> which is, I might make it the picture for the episode just so that people can see it and know what the fuck I'm talking about. But it's just, like, a shoddily drawn thing, and it shows, a like, <laughs> it shows the, the classic original Gundam shooting a beam rifle with the words, war is bad, over it. And that beam just loops over the straw man, and the guy just says, wow, cool robot. <laughs> and you can definitely approach Vinland Saga from there. Man, you're probably not going to find the, uh... The latter arcs that amazingly interesting, though. Some people are pissed. Some... <laughs> <laughs> you stupid fucks! <laughs> uh, Did you not understand the fucking story that he was telling? <laughs> if you could see the seething that some people get from Spoilertopia, from the second that Ascalad doesn't, like, no condom run his way to the top of the fucking world. <laughs> And then just the the tears as like fucking Thorfinn like learns things about life and the world like it didn't have to be like this. And I'm saying like, oh my god, you you actually without irony just wanted him to be Sasuke Uchiha and grow up into a stronger version of Sasuke Uchiha. <laughs> Suck a fucking dick. Suck my dick. <laughs> we're going on it. We're going to America. <laughs> <laughs> Sam talked a bit about uh, formats earlier, and I guess this was my uh, thought to it. And this one is not a fake out in any way, shape, or form. But I kind of just think it's something that just emphasizes the virtue of the format, what you can do with the format. Some of the things are even just allowed by the expectations that are kicked in. It's just like, okay, it's anime. What kind of what kind of wild shit are you going to throw at me? And I think that red line is a lot of that. God. This fucking hand-animated thing that I can only imagine being animated by either pure faith or tax fraud or both. But the years they took to hand-animate a sci-fi wacky race. I know it's really hard to get drugs in Japan, so I... Doing this without cocaine. Jesus Christ. Doing this without cocaine is something I can't understand. It's like riding the running man in a weekend without cocaine. I am sort of... I would be left in awe 
And I certainly am left in awe. Like every time I fucking watch these this thing, I am I I struggle to understand how the fuck they did it. But I think that red line would be a good straightforward hard pitch on the appeal of a lot a lot of types of anime. Also your animation nerd friends, if they are not already into anime, which I don't know, it seems weird if they're already... Like, animation nerds know about anime and know what they like about anime. So, if there are any who don't, this is, uh... Yeah. This will make them jealous. Lo and behold. But we have certain worshippers of the script clan who might feel above Redline. So we've got our second pistol in our fucking pirate bandolier. (laughs) I would almost pull these three out in a row, but... Paprika. We're going back into Soshi Ka- Satoshi Khan land here, right? Ah, uh, yes, we are. This and is him. Paprika, if you have, this would also appeal to a lot of people who do not fit this description. Mm-hmm. But if it is someone who would just do a sort of <sighs> kind of sound and expression during Red Line, as someone introduces his name as Metalhead, Machine Head, Machine Head, <laughs> then I would suggest Paprika. Is just another one of those artful circles around what is identity in the modern world. I think, uh, out of... So when I was in college, um, you know, I, I knew the anime crowd, right? I knew who was into anime and who was not into anime. Mm-hmm. And there was this plurality of people I knew in college who were not otherwise into anime who fucking love Paprika. Yeah. It is it has such amazingly broad demographic appeal just to anyone who like anyone who likes to think about that sort of thing, I guess, you know? Dream worlds, dream lives. Hard to talk about without just sort of laying out a summary, I think, in some ways. What I like about Paprika is that it can borderline backfire. I'll just say, like, yeah, that's one of the good ones. Uh yeah. And yeah, you, I'm like, I'm sure there's at least one or two folks out there. But then I guess you could say that about anything of quality. So I would just suggest for anyone who likes anything more contemplative or just color nukes, mm-hmm. Paprika has a lot of appeal there. We're even talking about stimulation here, you know, portrayals of dream worlds, hand animation and red line speed. So we're talking about stimulation. We are not always necessarily stimulating the frontal lobe. <laughs> Sometimes you want to see someone do a kickflip. <laughs> That's why Helsing was made. Fuck yes. That's why Helsing has OVAs. That's why Helsing is one of the most singular things I've ever seen created. There might, there might be a generation gap here. If there is, Helsing is a well-animated action show about Dracula fighting Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> and It if- asks so little of you. And just imagine what the best version of that fucking pitch is like. That's pretty much Helsing. That's Helsing, yeah. And you have... There are people in your life that might just be needing that. It's been a hard slice of human history. And they might not be looking to think about a dream world or the layers of society or the nature of violence or the nature of warfare or a serial murderer. And maybe they just want to see Dracula maybe kill Nazis. Maybe they just Nazis. want to see Dracula kill Nazis. And that is... Brother, that is exactly what they are going to get. (laughs) 
allow me to not worry you that Helsing will lose its way halfway through. It's no, like... he's gonna still be killing Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> if I were to uh, get off of my uh, tight five perch for a second, um, Helsing does have an inimitable sense of style, which sort of carries it through a lot of the way, which is sort of neat and something about Dracula killing Nazis. <laughs> well, yeah, it doesn't phone it in. Yeah, certainly. It, it doesn't phone it in. It knows that, uh... It has a personality to it. It has personality, has panache. It, it is borderline crank on the pacing sometimes, which I appreciate. Oh, um, this isn't a precise quote from Tyler, the creator, but when I think about Helsing, I think about a tweet that to the effect of me and my dope friends do dope shit. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what Helsing is about. I really recommend Sam's list if your friends are smarter than mine. <laughs> so, with a lot of my list, I realized I've been doing this weird shadow boxing thing. Mm -hmm. So for this next one, I thought about more about how did I seriously get into anime as opposed to this is one of the action shows on Toonami that I sort of accept as one good block. And I did watch anime shows before this, but I did not really, I wasn't hyper into anime as a discrete unit as something I was like sort of wrist tapping to get more and when I say that by the way really funny fact about me and anime and Gundam in general I, don't, don't. I watched Gundam as a really junior cut kind of plastic dub kind of thing in like a boys and girls club camera like oh this, is, oh this is interesting and I saw it like half out of order originally you don't, I, you don't slap your wrists you slap you know, this vein right here. Oh, like, okay. In the crook of, of your elbow, because it'll make it easier for it to see and thus easier to inject uh, heroin into your... Uh, That's an important lesson. But I started getting into anime in a big way with Big O, and partially yeah. it was because it got yanked away through me halfway. I'm like, why? What happened? What the fuck happened? And I just learned all kinds of wacky things about production cycles and... Production cycles, network fickleness, weird fucking endings to mecha anime that, like, it's a, it's a fucking giant robot. Why is this ending so goddamn weird? And, like, that's just a thing that happens, not just with this show, but with many. And Big O is a great gateway show because it actually had more appeal to Western audiences yeah, I believe it was a co-production with uh, Toonami. The second season and the manga were all inspired by it just doing so well on Toonami that that was enough to spur production. Okay. I guess maybe that's not as out there an idea now, but it was very interesting at the time. Well, yeah, we got Crunchyroll Originals now. Yeah, we got Crunchyroll Originals now, all that shit. We have... Our beautiful, beautiful Aztec suffering boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that show like I love the Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> the bears live in hell, they the say. Bears. The bears. Uh, the Browns live in hell. The Browns live in hell. The also Browns. the bears. Not great. Not a great team. <laughs> <laughs> Which city's team was it that you were seeing all the conspiracy books about? That was uh, that was Cleveland. That was the Browns. That was the uh, that was the uh, the now Guardians. That's a great texture. And not the Spiders. But yeah, big Fucking missed opportunity. Big O in the elements it chooses and the things it focuses upon 
for the uninitiated, it's essentially a noir mecha show with a sort of Batmanish protagonist. One of the most explicit, you know, this guy is basically Bruce Wayne characters <laughs> in fiction. Yeah, besides yeah, yeah. Bruce Wayne himself, he is slightly more just Batman than Black Panther is. Yeah, on that spectrum, and a lot of that stuff just resonates very strongly with the Westaboo spec fic nerd. So. I highly recommend Big O as a sleeper agent slash weapon to bring them into the holy light of weebdom. Sure. Sasuga Volt. <laughs> I should say, I just really liked the sort of noir revival vibe of that show, by the way. Like, it was all fucking art deco-y and shit. It was an art deco giant robot. What's not to fucking love? Just a wonderful mood and tone and personality for that thing. I think... That's one thing of my dull media nerve endings that just sticks with me more over time is that I just really appreciate things with strong, inimitable personalities. Yeah. And it translates over to comedy, too, because for all the things I've tried to pitch as sort of fake-outs or Western appeal or universal appeal, our next tech, this is something that is very specifically anime, but it's in the satirical mode which is not necessarily everyone's first thought when it comes to anime's appeals and strengths. Sure. Like, we think a lot about these epics, we think a lot about these action shows. Stuff that's very in-your-face about stuff. Something in-your-face about stuff. Or even just, like, your art, art for fairy tales or family meditation or your porco rosas and shit, but... Sure. Something like Zetsubo Sensei, which is just one of my favorite anime... Does it count as a franchise when they just did that bullshit, like, new word in front of every new season thing? Or... Oh my god, it makes it so fucking impossible to watch. Right, right. But the entire Sayonara Zetsubo Sensei oeuvre is a favorite of mine. It is something that... It's pretty goddamn piquant. It's one of those weird things that's more fun from the outside, because it's already setting this off-kilter mood, and it almost is additive to the off-kilterness... It uses Japanese classroom as a framing device before it just goes bonkers every time. This might be your one pick that I'm not so sure that I agree with insofar as this is a good gateway series. It is very much aimed at people who live in Japan um, more, than, more than anything else. And like, Oh, wait. I know what happened here. What happened? You all should know now because it's very amusing. I was actually sort of thinking this as a sort of boiling a frog with weebdom. <laughs> Oh, I see what you're... Okay, yeah. These all are essentially escalating. Because, spoilers, I put kill a kill right after this. So, (laughs) I think I may have envisioned almost as I duct taping someone into harder and harder anime drugs. Alright, so we had had two different ethoses about this. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't watch this one first. So, yeah, Zetsubo Sensei... Out of anything on that list... They've been smoking. They've been smoking for a while. You ask if they want to try an edible. They say, "I, I don't know. Um, I have to. I have to do some homework after this." <laughs> and you call them a pussy. <laughs> this is your homework now. Muda, 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 muda. <laughs> Let's rumba. Let's rumba. This has. I just want to say, by the way. Because of my congenital disorder, one of my favorite opening scenes in an anime, which is just... Man tries to hang himself. Man tries to hang himself. Pollyanna girl skips down. What are you doing? Making yourself taller. 
look, you're in or you're out. <laughs> it's a it's a pretty great hard sell. Yeah. Yeah. I. For the record, I uh, I in my daily life scream "What if I died?" at people. It's very important. Always as a joke, and I always make sure that like they know it's a joke from context or whatever. I never actually like scream it at them. It's it's always you know said in jest with that. Yeah. But I say "What if I died?" to people a lot. Now. Now, they've been in Weenie Hut Junior. They've been in Weenie Hut General. They've been in the Weenie Hut. <laughs> This is when you take out your hand-rolled cigarette. And you ask them if they're ready for some dust. <laughs> because within Kill a Kill... <laughs> Fuck. What a fucking perfect goddamn show. <laughs> Has anything been more itself than Kill a Kill? I doubt it. It almost hurt their long-term career. They just want that to happen again. <laughs> No, yeah, you're right. They've been trying. It's like, why can't we just do that again? If I, if I fucking saw the ending of Brand New Adam, I'm like, no, you can't just turn him into Ragu in space. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Kill a Kill, for me, is a collection of all these little fucking things that I absolutely adore. Yeah. Uh, it's... I, I, I honestly want to say, if, if I have one criticism of it, I would say that it's parts end up being more enjoyable than the whole for me but it has so many great little fucking parts that you get you, you like you get distracted you get like you're, you're so into you know whatever this new fucking thing that they're doing is this episode right that you're not like you're not so much worried i and like and i do think it does add, add up to a satisfying enough whole but really what you're here for is all just the fun that they're having with this shit I would say that the difference between Kill a Kill and what one might call the, the pure elemental high art that sticks with you in that cohesive kind of way mm-hmm. is sort of the difference between the film Predator and Star Wars. Because <laughs> Predator is made of just a bunch of amazing little distinct things yes. that stick with you and are unique and wonderful, but <laughs> might not change your life the way Star Wars does. But, I but, don't know, it it almost did, though, because yeah. there's... Because it's Predator. Because it's Predator, because if there's a show that knows what it is more than anything else, I think it is Kill a Kill. I will sometimes accuse a show of having an identity crisis, of, mm-hmm. you know, being a show that is not as smart as it thinks it is, or not as thought-provoking, or, you know, it's wants to be a mystery but instead comes off as a group of idiots or it wants to be a comedy but there's something weird about all that 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 kind of thing kill a kill like they just took aim and fired and hit exactly what the fuck they were going for uh and if you're into it you're into it and if you're not you're not i've actually found it to be something of a divisive show um for my money, though, fucking fantastic shit, and I enjoyed yeah. every single episode of it, especially every scene featuring Mr. Large. He is another one of my favorite characters from Mr. anime. Mr. Large is hard to forget. Ira Gamagori, the Ira, best character from that show. Ira whips Gamagori, indeed. Once again, this is... What I could only describe as some kind of weeaboo conversion therapy I've arranged here. <laughs> and the end of this process 
when you have broken their will and spirit. That's when he dropped the Zeta Gundam on Now you were ready, my child. <laughs> yes. Now you were ready for the true Kino. Come sip from the chalice that I have filled for you. Sip from the nectar of the gods. <laughs> the virus lives in you and now. you will know. <laughs> you are mine forever. <laughs> I will not die alone. And neither shall you. And after you finish Zeta Gundam, you just whisper... What are you looking forward to in the spring season? <laughs> and they look up and say, It's full of isekai trash. <laughs> and then you hand them and their lightsaber. <laughs> and you will give them a quick hug, a pat on the back of their head, and you will tell them, There's nothing more that I can teach you. Yeah. Obvious caveat here, yes, Zeta Gundam is even more fun in some ways if you have just done the origin or some shit before it. For my money, I think it is arranged in a way that it, it can be a fantastic standalone work and is already, what, 48, 52? It's about 50 episodes. It's already 50 episodes 50 episodes, long. it's a, um, it's an easy enough to follow, you know, like, young man going after war story, but... Uh, oh, um, some of you own firearms, whatever, but, um... If I had to have someone just watch one Gundam show, or if I just watch one Gundam show, I would do Zeta before 0078. That's... I am that man. I mean, it's real, Kino. It's... Maybe I just like me a good colony laser. Okay. There's a colony laser in 79. True. Like, there's the first colony laser in 79. It was, you know, the big turning They both point have of the such great war crimes. They really do. It's a war crimes franchise. It's a show, it's a franchise about all of the things that people do in between the war crimes. And also the war crimes themselves. And how they innovate and, you know, the... Oh god, the colony gassing episodes are really... That was my favorite episode of The Origin. I found it, like, difficult to watch but impossible to look away. And then you get to see the aftermath of one of those in Zeta Gundam. And it's fucking harrowing it's like oh i could see this war recurring three or four like more three times three or three more times easy people are mad about it why like why would you not be mad about like going to a colony that's been gassed and seeing this and being like we should fucking gas the fuckers who did this mm-hmm. don't fucking take that out of context <laughs> none of you fucking... hell is canceled <laughs> What, you're going to cancel him with that and not the three times I threatened to kill sitting United States president? It was Trump. I saw the record to show. <laughs> That's my only defense. I wouldn't even say I didn't do it or that there was context or it was a joke. Just it was Trump. <laughs> uh. I wasn't saying to murder Uncle Joe. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't really need our help. <laughs> Who the fuck murders Uncle Joe? How impatient is your ass? <laughs> okay. Alright. Okay. Oh, we're we're getting towards two hours now. Alright, so I might I'm either gonna split this into two episodes. I'm definitely gonna split this into two episodes. I need sleep. You people need sleep. We need sleep. But thank you all for listening to both halves of our uh, gateway anime special. It's been We Hell. Failing all of this, fuck with your friends. Just say, hey, there's this cool show called Legend of the Galactic Heroes. 
think, if you feel like having fewer friends. I think you might be into it. It's a, just walking there like, yo, you ever heard of black tar heroin? I, I think we should try some black tar heroin this weekend. I think it might add something. Just if you're a person who really likes that stinging sensation as you get fucking smacked. <laughs> All right. This has been Weeaboo Hell. Yeah, yeah. My nose are more say... Oh, um, it's Weeaboo Hell. There are no isekai on the list. Suck my dick. Go on. Fucking suck my dick. Isekai blows. <laughs>